What's up, everyone? Before we get into today's podcast, I wanted to talk to you about Slab Stocks times SGC grading. Uh, you heard that correctly. If you listened to last week's episode, you would have heard this too. But we've got grading submissions from Slab Stocks to SGC at $23 a card, the cheapest service you will find around. Um, and uh, you go on slabstocks.com slash grading, and you can find out more there. Plus, you have the uh, entry form to fill out online there before sending your cards in. It's a great time. But in August, right now in August, we sent out two submissions, August 15th and August 30th. So obviously the August 15th submission is gone, but the August 30th submission is still there in 12 days from this recording. And in August, you can enter the code NTL22. And what that does is if you send in five cards, you put that code in, you get one card for free, so you can send in six. Um, and then NTL222 would be two cards for free, so you send in 10 cards, you get two for free. NTL223, send in 15 cards, three for free. So it's just NTL22, and then if you're, if you're sending in 15 cards, you, you know, you get three free, so then put a three at the end. Four at the end if you're sending in 25 at the end of that code if you're sending in you know, 25. And uh, that means that the cards end up being <coughs> around $20 a card, which is by far the cheapest you will find for SGC grading anywhere. So if you want to get your Bowman Chrome autos graded or your Bowman Chrome blues or colors, or even if you're just sitting on some Jackson Churio base and you're like, I want to get them graded and flipped quick, you can do that now. Um, they are getting done really quickly. We're talking three business days from the time it gets dropped off to the time it gets returned or it's shipped back to us. Uh, it's been taking about three business days right now, so you guys can get your cards out to us, into SGC, back from SGC, and back to you in a very relatively quick time. And that means you can flip and make money. So if you're into that, slabstocks.com slash grading to learn more. Thanks, guys. All right, welcome back everyone to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate, here with the one, the only, Jimbo Reyes. The one one Yimmy. Yimmy. Jimbo. Yimmy. Yimmy Neutron. Yimmy Almighty. Those are all <laughs> the names I used to be, be called. Love it. Well, Jimbo is here. And we are ready to talk some baseball. So let me give you a little bit of the rundown of what's going to go on today. Uh, one, I'm going to be complaining about the Brewers real quick. Won't take much time, but it does involve a prospect. So <clears throat> I think it's a worthy complaint. And then we have three prospects I want to talk about. All kind of killing it in the minors. Um, two from 2022 Bowman, one from 2021 Bowman Chrome. So should be interesting and relatively cheap cards all things considered. And then lastly, we're going to do a little bit of a rookie roundup. This was Jimbo's idea. I love it. Um, there's a ton of good rookies this year, and we are going to be doing a little bit of a closer look at them. Uh, with that being said, Jimbo, any words before we begin? No, I'm, I'm excited. So uh, I think this will be a great one. Perfect. All right. Uh, also, Jimbo, is that like you guys can't see us because we don't have these on YouTube yet. We do plan on it. Um, but is that sign behind me killing your eyes? Absolutely not. I love it, dude. All right. Good, good, good. Um, well, then, let's start with my Brewers complaint. Here we go. All right. 
so the Brewers, pretty good lineup. Um, if Victor Carantini is at the catching position, you have a 106 OPS at catcher, 123 from first base, 106 from second base, 103 from shortstop. Uh, if Luis is in there, 99, basically league average at third base, 108 in left field, 117 OPS plus in right field, and a 100 at DH. So essentially, as long as Victor Carantini is playing, um, we have, and if and if Keston Hira is playing at DH, then he's got a 131 instead of Andrew McCutcheon, which will can happen from time to time. So like a decent lineup, all things considered, <coughs> from an OPS standpoint, um, you know, should be scoring some runs. The one weakness, center field. Our two center fielders, Jonathan Davis, 72 OPS plus, and Tyrone Taylor, 92 OPS plus. Now, um, Tyrone Taylor has had good defense. Uh, he's been a decently valuable player, 1.1 win above replacement on the year, but still not a spectacular bat. And that is where I bring up Sal Freelick. So better call Sal. Better call Sal. That's right. Uh, better call Sal. Obviously, just ended the other day. I have not caught up. <clears throat> I haven't watched in a few years. I do. Sorry, I got this cough from COVID that just won't go away. Um, I do plan on finally watching that at some point and making my way through it. Uh, but I'm always a little bit behind. But anyways. That's neither here nor there. Sal Freelich is a stud. Not only is he a stud defensively, we're talking uh, 60 future field, 60 speed, and he pretty much uses that right now to be a really good center fielder in the minors. So he could come up and probably just take the place of Tyrone Taylor or Johnny Davis. But also, this dude is incredible this year. So he started out in high A. He played 21 games. He hit 291, 391, 456 um, with a 136 WRC plus and a 847 OPS. The next level, double A, 52 games, and he had an 844 OPS with a 123 WRC plus. Now in triple A, he just got called up to triple A um, 13 games ago. And he is hitting 440 with a 525 on base and a 540 slugging, 1,065 OPS, and 195 WRC+. Obviously, it is only 13 games, but the Braves called up Michael Harris straight from AA and Von Grissom straight from AA. The Mets called up Brett Beatty after six games in AAA. You look at the Brewers lineup and you see the one glaring weakness, only one. Um, now, obviously, there's no like carrying bat, right? There's no, you know, 160, 170 OPS threat in the middle of the lineup, which is unfortunate. But there's also pretty much no weaknesses. The one single weakness, Tyrone Taylor and Johnny Davis. And if you move Tyrone, if you call up Sal Freelick, he's the starting center fielder. And then, uh, Tyrone Taylor can become the fourth outfielder, good at defense, occasional home runs. That's way more valuable than running him out there every day in center field with that 92 uh, OPS plus. <clears throat> and so all I'm asking is for the Brewers to call up Sal Freelich. There's nothing to prove in the AAA. He's killing it. 
He killed it in double A. He killed it in single A. And uh, it's killing me that the Brewers were on a precipice of not making the playoffs. Like, we're right there. Um, we're like a game and a half back of the Padres for the last wild card spot. And, um, and two and a half games back from the Cardinals, maybe, maybe three. Uh, but, you know, we're close. You need all hands on deck. And Sal Freelich needs to get the call up. Also, Sal Freelich prices 55 bucks for a Bowman Chrome Auto. That's pretty good compared to some of these other prices that are coming out. I, uh, I w- I'm thinking to myself buying a couple and hoping he gets called up like September. Starting center fielder job, they make the playoffs. Could be big. So uh, there's my complaint. There's my frustration. There's no reason to keep him in the minors when he plays a position that we need. And we're very close to having this whole season go down the the tubes. I agree with that, dude. Honestly, like I I would yeah, there's always a lot of variables, but I would I would love to hear uh the perspective of like the GM or the you know the player development uh you know coordinator to hear what they say. But with the Braves and like I don't know it's it's hard. There's so many situations where, you know, like a rookie gets called up, like let's say a Brett Beatty hits a home run his first at bat or a Vaughn Grissom did, you know, has done what he's done. Michael, Michael Harris is there's not a lot of like, you can call guys like, uh, like that up and there's zero pressure on them because they, you know, they're hitting in the seventh, eighth, nine hole. I was looking at the Braves yesterday. All their hits came from like the, like the seventh, eighth, nine, seventh, eighth and ninth hole. And I'm just like, wow. Like they have zero pressure. They're just having fun out there. Unlike, you know, like my Tigers, you know, you bring in a Riley Green and he's in not, not like he's the best bat in their lineup. And yeah. they moved him from the seventh hole to the fifth hole. Like now he's leading off. And now like watching his at bats, he's he looks lost. And it's, <coughs> it's, it's just probably a lot of pressure. So it's I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, different variables with that. But with the Brewers, man, they're rolling. I mean, de- defensively alone. Why not? You know. I don't know. It, it's it's just it's crazy to me. And you bring up the pressure thing. You can slot him. Tyrone Taylor slots it in the ninth spot every night. So just put, pop him in that spot. Yeah. He gets hits. He does it. At least he's getting experience. Now, maybe there's something to be said. I don't know um, about like playing time and how how they change things up. If you're going to lose some if you're going to lose like a year of eligibility. I saw a rumor yesterday about that. I don't know if it's true, but maybe you lose a year of eligibility if you come up at this point, which would stink to lose a year for a couple months. But it's also like we've got Garrett Mitchell, we've got Joey Weimer, we've got Asturi Ruiz, we've got Jackson Churio behind him. We've got a lot of outfielders that, okay, if we lose, you know, a couple months of one of those guys, oh, well. Yeah, I mean – the time is now, you know, the way, you know, coming from a Tigers fan, you know, uh, we were contending year after year. And, you know, I probably would have thought the same way, like, oh, let's not let's not lose a year of eligibility on this kid, you know, when, you know, for just a few months. But now looking back at it, it's like it's pretty hard to be good. You know, it, it, you know, when you when you're when you are good, you know, you, you kind of forget that. But when you're not good for a long time, 
you remember like you're just like oh man if i was in that situation i wouldn't care i would be like let's win now because who knows if if that you know if the stars align again i agree i agree and and with the brewers pitching staff i'll never have a pitching staff like this again fronted yeah. by and and some of the stats aren't as good this year um because they got off the slow starts but like Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, they're nasty. Corbin Burns is obviously Corbin Burns. He's nasty. Uh, Adrian Hauser went healthy. Eric Lauer. Yeah, I mean, Eric Lauer held the Dodgers to two runs over seven innings, I say, six innings. Um, like, the dude is the dude is good, and he's just forgotten about. And it's like, we'll never have that again. We got to do whatever it takes to try to win one with when we <coughs> have these guys. So, yeah. I agree. Frustrated. South Korea Lake, hopefully we'll get called up. And uh, I'm going to do my best to try to pick up a Bowman Base Auto for around 60 bucks in the next uh, week or so just to have because I've been meaning to and I just haven't got around to it. And uh, I want to have one for my collection. Well, there you go. All right. Moving on. Let's talk prospects. Ooh, my favorite. Yes, yes. Jimbo's uh, Jimbo loves the prospects. I love the prospects too, but Jimbo really loves the prospects. I love the prospects. I think he likes it more than he likes like talking about rookies by a long shot. Like here's prospects, and here's like major league rookies way down here. I like it all, but prospects it's fun, and I'm. It's because like you you invest so much time in them. I know I've said this before. Like at Brett Beatty, I was in the car with with. Uh, with my my wife Morgan, I was like, literally, since 2019, I've been watching this kid. Been you know, knew you know, I was I liked what I saw, and then you see his first at bat, and then it's a home run. Your first at bat, it's like a great card. It's like literally getting your great card, and it's I don't know, it's just a different feeling. It's it's why I love. That's why it's why I love it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. It's just it's just funny because like <clears throat> I always like prospects, but uh, once the Brewers started getting good, my shift, my focus shifted from prospects to like major leagues. I still like prospects. Don't get me wrong. I still study up on them, but like it's more. Oh, that's for the future. What can you do for me right now? Because yeah. of how, and then once the Brewers get bad again, I'm a shift right back to. Yeah. I love prospects. You know. Mm hmm. So, um, but we've got three, we've got three we want to talk about, and, uh, <coughs> we're going to go from best to worst here. And so we're going to start with Andy, Andy Rodriguez, um, pirates. Do you know what trade he came over from the Mets to the pirates in? Uh, I can't remember. I remember looking it up, but it wasn't. It was one of those sneaky trades. Okay. I, I looked it up a couple months ago. Because I don't know, but what's confusing is that he's in 2021 Bowman Chrome as a Met. Except that in 2021, he played for the Pirates and not the Mets whatsoever. Very confusing as to how that happens. <coughs> but neither here nor there. Andy Rodriguez this year has been on another level. Now, one thing to note, he is 22. Just turned 22 84 days ago, uh, May 26, 2000. So 
you know, he's, he's quote unquote, slightly older than what people like to invest in, uh, in the card market per se, but in high A and double A this year combined, he's had 94 games, 397 plate appearances. He's hit 24 doubles, three triples, 18 home runs, batting 302 with a 393 on base and a 548 slugging 941 OPS. And in the six games in double A compared to high A, he has 1,016 OPS in those six games. So um, I know it's only six games, but it's nice to see that he's hitting a little bit better in the early going than he even did in high A. Yeah, the kid's legit. He's going to – he's he's definitely underlooked right now. And I, I've been watching this kid for a while. He he can hit. He can 100% hit. Um. And, and the Pirates, Jimbo was saying beforehand, and I'm hesitant to agree because they are NL Central, but Jimbo was saying, <clears throat> you know, the Pirates are up and coming. And obviously, you know, they have Henry – or Henry. Henry Mendez. Henry Davis. Um, and they have, you know, Nick Gonzalez. And they've got Iover Paguero. And they've got um, Quinn Priester. And Martin. I feel like – What? Tamar Johnson, they're the kid they drafted this the year. Fourth overall pick. Yeah, I believe Bubba Chandler, potential two-way player. Yeah. So they've got talent. Long I way. will give them that much. They've got talent. Um, will it pan out? It seems to never pan out for the Pirates. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, they also had talent when they had Garrett Cole and Tyler Glass now and all those guys. And well, they and traded Shane, Shane Baz and look where it got them. So and and Garrett Cole got him Joe Musgrove, who got traded away and became a stud. Uh, Jamison Tyron got traded away; he's been doing all right. Um, there's a dude Chad Cole gets traded away; he's doing all right for the Rockies. Even uh, Tyler Glass now obviously gets traded away, kills it. Shane Baz gets traded away, becomes a top ten prospect. Like it's just it's brutal out there for the Pirates, but things are looking back up for it's them. Well, they got a they got a whole new GM, new front office, and this new GM, I forget, he I think he came over from the Brewers. Uh, uh, I can't remember where he came from, but this dude's legit. Like, just but I've been watching him; he's been doing all the right things, developmental wise, bringing in the right people. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of him. Pirates, Orioles, Brewers, Rays, Astros—they're all the same. They're probably all from the same line of uh, GMs. Yeah, um, doing smart things. But <clears throat> so here's the interesting part. You've heard his stats, Andy Rodriguez. He's killing it. Of course, he is 22. Keep that in mind. Um, but uh, he's in double A. He's been doing well in the early going. Here are his prices. And his prices are pretty cheap. <coughs> $45 August 18th for a base auto. That's 10 bucks cheaper than Sal Freelich. Um, $85 for a Sapphire HGA 9. Auto, August 18th. Blue Auto, HGA 95, $170. Purple Auto, August 17th, $79. Purple Auto, $89. Uh, um, Speckle, $70, August 14th. Like, these are not that expensive, all things considered. Obviously, it's not like a penny in the, in the bucket type of thing or whatever, or a drop in the bucket, but... It's it's for a dude who's putting up a 900 plus OPS in high A and double A. 
on the year. <clears throat> 50 bucks for a base auto? Yeah. Seems pretty good, especially because these are probably undergraded. So you could buy them, send them into Slab Stocks grading, get them graded for $23 a card if you don't get it in the August submission, and flip them all day long because I doubt there's that many graded. Vaughn Grissom was at well, his Bowman Chrome autos uh, were like 35 bucks at one time. I think last year at this time. Just it's saying. It's crazy. It's, it's the amount of money you can make. <clears throat> picking just picking the right guys and, and it's pretty cool um <clears throat> all right so there's andy rodriguez uh next up is edgar cuero now edgar cuero is a guy that i have a bit of a history with and a bit of a history by meaning i heard about him last year when he was like in the dsl and they were talking about him and then in rookie ball i heard about him and they're talking about him and i was like all right i'll put him in the back burner and, you know, see what happens. And then I kind of forget to put him in the back burner and just forget about him. And then uh, saw his name the other day. I said, oh, yeah, I should look him up again. See how he's doing. Woo! Edgar Cuero, 961 OPS. Now, the reason I was putting him in the back burner also was because he's a catching prospect. Um, but 961 OPS in A ball, hitting 319 with a 429 on base and a 532 slugging. So he not only does he knock off the 300, 400, 500 threshold, he also knocks off the 100 points higher than batting average, 110 points higher than batting average, which is cool. <coughs> he also knocks off, has power, because he has 30 doubles, a triple, and 14 home runs in 92 at-bats. And he adds a little bit. Obviously, you know, stolen bases are, are a little bit cheap in the minors, but he has 11 stolen bases out of the catcher's spot. Uh in a ball like this guy's very impressive very yeah. very impressive now i know he's a catcher um and so like uh luis for or not and andy rodriguez was 22 so there's a little bit of a red flag edgar cuero he's a catcher there's your red flag for him but he is 19 he is killing it in a ball 961 ops again uh 45 extra base hits in 92 games and uh, 11 stolen bases, only four caught stealing. The dude is good. The dude is very good. And his prices are cheap. $56 for a base auto, August 17th. $150 for a green auto, August 17th. Purple auto, August 15th, 100 bucks. I mean, we're not talking about a huge chunk of change for a dude who's killing it right now and going to be... Um, top 100 prospect all over the place going into next year. Yep. I agree. These are the players you should be looking for right now. Yeah. Now, to be fair, it should be it should be mentioned that we are in August. Uh, <clears throat> minor league seasons end in September. So, realistically, if you're buying this, it's a long-term hold unless you're trying to grade and flip. Um, but if you don't care about the price right now, buy. If you do care about the price, definitely wait. Put these names on a piece of paper. Put that piece of paper, I don't know, on your fridge. And then wait to buy until we hit November or December because you'll probably get, you know, a $40 Edgar Cuero auto instead of a 56 Yeah. But you'd be surprised, though. Uh, I know, at least I know for me, um, 
you know, you have the Arizona league and stuff like that. But then also when the season ends, that's when us prospectors really, we start to analyze everything. We get real deep looking at everything because there's no games going on, no updated stats, unless you're, unless you're playing Arizona league, uh, fall league. So there's sometimes where a guy will start rising just because, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, chatter about him during the, during the, the season, but then start, people start to catch on, uh, in the off season. Cause I know that that's happened a few times with a few players for myself. Well, I guess I've never uh, paid that close attention, but that is a good point. If the guy doesn't have chatter, whether cause he's injured or something like that. And then you start diving into what numbers he did have. And it's like, Oh wait, <coughs> this is very impressive. Should this dude's autos be $50? Probably not. So Edgar Cuero is the second guy, and then the last guy, and definitely the least impressive, but I still wanted to bring him up, Luis Verdugo. So Luis Verdugo is in 2022 Bowman, and he uh, is a Cubs prospect. I have a couple tweets I want to read to you, but um, before we begin, so when you look at his overall stats, high A, 21 years old, Midwest League. You know Jim Bowen, I like that. Um mm-hmm performing decently well in the Midwest League, should tend to lead to performing decently well in other leagues. Um, and so his first taste of high in last year in 2021 in A-ball, he had a 524 OPS. Not good. This year in high A, without having to repeat A-ball at all this year, he's hitting 281 with 358 on base and a 414 slugging, 773 OPS. Now, obviously, 773 OPS in high A as a 21-year-old, not a ton to write home about. 22 doubles, one triple, five home runs, also not a ton to write home about. Um, but it's just the fact that a lot of things that are decent about his year, um, especially brand-new level, hard hard level to hit in, um, doing pretty well. But here's something interesting. <clears throat> Luis Verdugo, four days ago, this was tweeted out by Max Toma. Luis Verdugo has reached base in 20 straight games. Here's what he's done over that stretch. 324 average, 429 on base, 544 slugging, 14 walks, 9 strikeouts, 8 extra base hits, including 3 home runs, and 14 RBI. Those are pretty good numbers, and those seem like a guy who you look at the 773 OPS and you say, eh, but then you look at the fact that over the last 20 games, he's had a... 900, 944, 964, 973 OPS. So like a 970, 200 points better in the last 20 games than he had has on the year. Well, you know, a lot of that raises his OPS to 70, 73. And then another one, Cubs prospects, Brian Smith from him. Interesting Verdugo split. First 39 games, 13 walks, 33 strikeouts. Last 46 games, 23 walks, 23 strikeouts is hitting... 338, 422, 533 over the last 46 games, which it also encompasses all five of his home runs. He's also a good defender at third base, has grown well above his listed height. His listed height is six foot, and it says he's grown above that. So I would imagine he's probably 6'2, maybe 6'3 now, if that's the case, whatever well above means. And projection remaining. So if he is, if he did grow to 6'2, 6'3, uh, there's definitely some room in that frame to add strength, add power, leverage in those arms. And all of a sudden, a guy who's only hit five home runs this year but has good walk rates and seems to be figuring things out, well, 
he might just be uh, turning into some some upside here. And uh, I find that wildly interesting. You know, it's one thing if he's six foot and not hitting power and doesn't seem like he has room to grow. But that little tidbit about gaining height makes it interesting because he, he was listed at six foot 172. If he gets up to 6'2", 6'3", 200, I expect him to be hitting some hitting some dangers. Um, I myself bought a auto of his, a green shimmer auto off of Mercari for $25 plus shipping. What did you call it? Mercari? I don't know how to – what is it? Mercari. Mercari. Maybe it's Mercari. Mercari. Who, who's to say? Mercari. Mercari? <laughs> what did you just say? Now you got me. I don't even know what's real anymore. Anyways, anyways, that one website, I bought a green <laughs> shimmer of his for 25 bucks, And uh, I don't think I'm going to get it. Guy hasn't shipped it. I bought it on Sunday. It is now Thursday. Um, I'm a little disappointed. I thought I, you know, I was just going to buy one and see how it goes. These are the types of guys that like, I like to buy one or two while it's cheap and see what happens, but I don't like to go overboard. You know, I'm not going to be spending multiple hundred dollars on this guy um, because it's still a risk, but it is a very interesting risk that I'm uh, willing to take at least, a, you know, 50, 60, $70 gamble on. I like but it. Luis Verdugo. So uh, keep track of him, and he is uh, from Mexico. So, Viva la Mexico! That's kind of fun. Um, him and... Uh, and uh, Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. Uh, no, him and Luis Urias. Yeah. Both Mexico. Same. So, are you saying you're from Mexico? I am Mexican. That is true. Facts. Nice. Facts machine. I mean, I, I assumed you had some, uh, some, uh, I don't know, Latin American blood in you with uh, the last name Reyes, but I and never the way what? And the way I dance. And the way you dance. Yes. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> but it felt like a weird thing to ask about, so I never asked. <laughs> oh, Nathan. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Luis Ferdigo, Luis Rios, and Luis uh, Jimbo Reyes. You mean you're drunk? I think you gotta. I think you gotta change your change your name. All great baseball players from Mexico, Luis. Where is Luis Tiant from? Unless it's uh, Alejandro Kirk's from Mexico, and he's pretty good. Cuba. 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 All right. So there's our three prospects. Put these on a put these on a sheet somewhere. Just remember them: Luis Verdugo, Edgar Cuero, and Andy Rodriguez. Um, Luis Verdugo is going to be probably the hardest one to remember from like a uh, impressive standpoint. So at least write his name down and maybe buy a cheap card of his, whether it be like a Bowman Chrome Purple or, you know, a Speckle or something like that. Just get something, I would say, and see what happens. You don't have to spend a ton of money. It might pay off. Yeah, his stuff's cheap. <laughs> Super cheap. Actually, I didn't, even, I didn't even talk about his prices. Purple Auto, $38, August 17th. Speckle Auto, $30, August 17th. Um, green shimmer, $35. So I would have gotten a good deal. Son of a gun. Green shimmer, $40. Uh, 
Speckle 33 on August 16th. So, you know, we're talking 35 to $40 for like purple speckle green shimmer all the way across the board. Like that's, that's dirt cheap. And if you look at non autos here real quick, just 2022 Bowman, a gold shimmer non auto just sold for $30 August 18th. Jeez. Um, a blue mojo sold for $5 August 17th on auction. Like this stuff is dirt cheap. If it doesn't work, say you buy a blue mojo and it doesn't work, you're out 10 bucks with shipping tax and auction price. Yeah. I mean, I've spent more at a restaurant for a disappointing meal, like more on an extra thing at a restaurant. You know, you have your meal and you get like a second appetizer or something for $10 or $12. Instead of getting a second appetizer, just go get yourself a Luis Verdugo <laughs> card and see what happens. Why not? Why not? All right. And uh, let's move on to our final section today. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me put in my other cough drop. Jimbo, you want to introduce our final section? I sure do. Let's talk about 2022 rookies. And, man, this year is like the year of the rookies. So uh, when when Nate and I jumped on here today, I brought this up because this list is getting very – very long and there's some impressive stats here that I feel like people are underlooking and uh, we want to talk about them and we want to talk about them. Should we do hitters first? Yes. I mean, honestly, we might just want to stick to hitters in general. Okay. Let's do that. And then uh, we can do pitchers a different day if we want to do that. Um, but yeah, so just kind of running down this list, the way that we sorted it is uh you know, is by war, uh, which is a good stat because, you know, it's hard with batting average or, you know, OPS or something like that. Cause there's these guys, you know, a lot of these players, they don't, you know, they all have different amount of games played. So this is more of a uh, accurate, I would say evaluation on some of these guys. So I have it pulled up here and Number one, you know, the, the leader in war this year for the rookies is Julio Rodriguez. Surprise, surprise. Um, he's at, he's sitting at a 4.1 war, which is pretty incredible for a 21-year-old. Uh, he plays a solid, you know, solid center field, good arm and all that, good power, 19 homers. Dude, insanely fast, too. Yeah. Like, insanely, insanely fast. Yeah. 21 stolen bases, caught six times. Um, Can we talk about the fact that he's got 4.1 win above replacement in only 102 games? Yeah, go for it. Like, like if we're if we're now now say what you will about win above replacement, but if we're talking 162 game season, actually let me let me do the math real quick here <clears throat> on my phone so I can actually get the I can actually get the uh, real amount here. 4.1. Nope. It would be funny. like it would be like five point six or something. I did not do that right. Did I be, no, not five points. It would be like six. It'd be like six three. Six point five. Six point five, yeah. Six point five. If you played 162 games at his current pace, he would be worth six point five wins above replacement. You might ask yourself. Is that good? 
Is that amazing? Let me pull you up the leaders <coughs> from last year's uh, last year's Winter Bowl replacement. Oh, come on. Work. Oh, come on. Come on. I just, I need, my computer's lagging hard right now. Um, trying to do this quickly, and it's it's not working. User error. Yeah, my bad. Um, all right, so 2021. Robbie Ray was the 10th most valuable player in baseball, according to Baseball Reference, with 6.5 wins above replacement. Fernando Tatis, 6.6. Walker Buehler, 6.6. So at 6.5, last year, Juan Soto, as a rookie, would have been the 10th most valuable player in baseball. Tied for 10th, and he would have been .1 off of being the tied for 8th most valuable player in baseball. In case you were wondering how amazing. Um, 6.7 for Jose Ramirez last year, 6.8 for Vlad Guerrero Jr. So within .3, he would have, almost, he would have gone all the way up to, to 6th. Um, in 2019, all right, he would not have sniffed the top 10 in 2019 or 2018 or 2017 or 2016 or 2015. <laughs> uh, he would have sniffed the top 10 in 2014, though. Not 2013, not 2012. Man, last year was just a bad year, huh? Yeah. Well, still. Nonetheless, still impressive. Um. Uh, 6.5 baseball reference, one above replacement, pace. Anyways, keep going, Jimbo. <laughs> so there it is, J-Ron. Uh, then we got Jeremy, Jeremy Pena that uh, with 95 games, he has a 3.7 war. Uh, he's had some time on the IL, having a great year. Uh, good short, you know, very good glove at shortstop. I, I watched him a few times and I've been very impressed. 15 homers. Uh, let's see here. Seven stolen bases, two caught stealing twice, sitting at 247. Uh, and his OPS is a 704. But the fielding, all, you know, everything together, that's a really solid rookie year. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the, you know, the bat is nothing to write home about, but. You get me a dude with if if you don't have too many options or you don't want to pay like you know a Carlos Correa, you get me a guy that has some pop and plays good defense at shortstop. I'm content. Yeah, like, like he, I'm content with Willie Adamas right now, and he's kind of a similar type of guy. Low average, low on base, uh, but pops a lot of home runs. Yep, exactly. So we have him, and then we have a kid that I think is extremely undervalued, underappreciated, all the above. Stephen Kwan with the Cleveland Guardians at mm -hmm. a 3.6 war uh, with 105 games. So he has a different, diff, a little bit of a different approach uh, at the plate. He doesn't have much power, just three bombs, uh, 12 stolen bases caught stealing four times, but he's hitting a 303 batting average and his OPS is a 771. But if you watch this kid play, he's their leadoff hitter. And this kid is a tough out. Like he, he's one of those where the stats, you know, the stats are the stats, but he is way more valuable than the stats because this dude will eat a ton of pitches. 
He will work the count. He tires a pitcher out. He's like your ideal leadoff hitter, and he plays a great left field. Um, yeah. He's just like he's just a ball player. Like I like him a lot. He really is uh, a three hundred three average and three seventy six on base out of a rookie that you can just slot into the number one spot. Who cares if he never hits home runs? Who cares yeah. if he doesn't get a ton of extra base hits? You're just getting him on base in front of Jose Ramirez. There's exactly. a reason why the Guardians are way better than people expected this year, and it's yep. because of guys like Stephen Kwan. Um, popping up and being uber valuable like mm -hmm. the indian <clears throat> sorry the guardians <laughs> you know outside of signing jose ramirez they'd pretty much been getting rid of all their talented players the last couple of years and yet they're still right there still putting up competitive teams and they are in first place right in the uh in the al central mm -hmm. so it's like it's like you've got you've got the Twins, one game back, who obviously obviously have been spending a ton of money. You've got the White Sox, who have spent a ton of money. Full You've games. got – do I dare bring them up? You've got the Tigers, who spent money and had the young pitching staff and all the excitement. And yet, it is the Guardians, who yeah. are on top in that division. And it's because they're just – they're always steady at pitching. They always have pitching, no matter what, um, every single year. Um, they're getting pitching from somebody, and uh, they just find these kids. Like they find these young players, and they don't ask too much for them. They piece them together, and they just put a lineup together that's just tough. Yeah, it's just tough. It's you know, you're, it's not tough on paper, but when you watch, like I watch them quite a bit, they're just a, a team that you can, yeah, they just put it together well. And that's you look at like a Jose Ramirez. You know, he has a ton of RBIs, and it's because. It, people you know it's kids like Stephen Guan and and there's always people on base for him yeah oh and to be fair <clears throat> it's a weak division you know um it's uh it's not it's not a very strong division in the slightest you have you have um three teams none of them are over 10 games over 500 but they're all over 500 and then two that are bottom feeders. So like you can beat up on the bottom feeders, but then the other three teams don't differentiate themselves from each other. I do think that if you stuck a Cleveland guardians team or a Minnesota twins team in the AL East or the AL West, they'd be much closer to the bottom than the top. Yeah. By, that's a, significant, like, by a significant margin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hundred percent, but Hey, they, uh, they do what they do in, in the division they're in, and it's impressive. Yeah. They do it every year. I mean, my yeah, goodness. Complain. And and part of that, the reason I bring that up is part of that was why I was thinking about <coughs> Dylan Cease today, my guy, Dylan Cease. Um, we've got some segments uh, from way back in, like, November of somebody. At, um, I don't know. I was, dropping, I was dropping some Dylan Cease for AL Cy Young way back, like, last November. And uh, I need to go find those segments that Aaron and I did so I can brag to everyone because we're like right there. We're right there where he might win Cy Young. Obviously, I think it's going to be Justin Verlander, but we're really close to potentially Dylan Cease, Cy Young Award winner. Um, but the one thing about that is, you know why he's there. He gets to pitch a lot of games against the Twins, the Tigers, the Royals, and the Guardians. 
Yeah. And that does wonders. Whereas Justin Verlander is pitching against, I mean, say what you will about the Angels, but he's pitching against Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. He's pitching against the Mariners. He's pitching against um, the uh, uh, Rangers, Rangers and, and their and their new signees. Like it's a it's a better offensive division, I think, probably than the AL uh, Central. I agree. So then let's go on to uh, we got good old Adley Rushman, highly anticipated first overall pick. In 69 games, he has a 3.1 war. Very impressive. Um, seven home runs. He's hitting 250, uh, OPS 800, but he plays very solid behind the plate. And uh, overall, very, you know, you might look at his numbers. He's in only 250 with seven home runs, but. but- I got it. Don't worry. Don't don't freak out. I knew where you're going, but don't freak out. But he is playing like if we're talking with the team, you know, behind the plate, doing what he's doing behind the plate. And you like you, you are with you're this is exactly the kind of catcher you want. Like he's doing exactly what the Orioles are wanting. And he's just a great player overall. And this is where I like different stats, like this, like the war, like the, uh, you know, the OPS and, and, you know, the WRC plus. I like these new these new stats that they have come up with to to show appreciation for these players where, you know, maybe, you know, the traditional way of a batting at like, you know, the traditional stats don't really tell the whole story of the player. I agree. I was going to say, though, Adley Rushman. <laughs> 23 doubles. So yeah. yeah, only seven home runs, but 23 doubles. Uh, he actually has one more extra base hit than Jeremy Pena does, despite Jeremy Pena having 104 extra plate appearances. Yeah. So like, like I just, I just wanted to make sure that we were giving him his due credit for having 23 doubles uh, because that's, you know, that's a, that's a really good, that's a really yeah. good number. Um, that's why yes yeah because it does tell the tells the whole story yeah so i like that i like that a lot so there's adley and then we got mr money man michael harris who just signed that that great deal with the braves i think that's a great deal for both parties but we won't go there we'll we'll stay with the braves man they just Uh, extend everyone i'm so stinking jealous they do such a great in every step of the process and when they find the talent that they have, once they develop them, they they commit to them because they they know what they have, which is just phenomenal. Um, and it takes the pressure off the players, and then also takes away worrying about service time and all that. Throw all that out the window; they can just play the best players on the field. Uh, but anyways, Michael Harris, seventy-two games, two point nine WAR, plays a phenomenal center field. Uh, you know, he's he's playing meaningful games day in and day out. He has 12 home runs. He's hitting – he has 14 stolen bases, has yet to be caught. Uh, 14 doubles, three triples. Uh, he's hitting 288. And his OPS is an 825. And he's only getting better day in and day out, I think. I mean, this dude didn't – this dude didn't play in triple-A. This is incredible. Like, it's just mind-blowing to me how the Braves keep doing this. 
I I am right there with you. So I am right there with you. We, we won't talk too much about him. And then we got – I'm just going to go speed through some of these other guys. Okay. We have a Brendan Donovan, plays for the Cardinals. He, he's at a 2.3 war. Uh, batting average is a 286. Uh, OPS 775. Nick Fortes, I'm not sure dude, who that dude, even is. Dude, I pulled the black border of him out of Topps Heritage. You know, like one of the like short printed to 50 or, la- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it is. Um, I pulled I pulled one of him, and I think I sold it. I, I hadn't even like checked to see if he was even in the majors. I think I put a dollar on it and sold it at the national for a buck. Uh, but I wish I had that now, now that I'm seeing that he's actually, you know, pretty good. Yeah. He, uh, he plays for the Marlins. Sorry. I just clicked something. And so he has 10 home runs and he's hitting. So his war is a 1.8, 10 home runs. And he's hitting 262 with an 837 OPS. Wow. In 57 games. So this is that kid that will probably get traded from the Marlins like a Yelich or a Zuna and, and be relevant after he gets traded. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I, I haven't even heard of him until then or until just Dude, now. So. I am, I'm going to have to like storm through here and see if I still have that, uh, that black border or not. Yeah. Then we have Alec Thomas, who is a highly anticipated uh, prospect coming up. So he was absolutely dominating the minor leagues with the with the Diamondbacks, and this is why this is a good example. I want to bring this up. Why hesitate when they're when they're playing in minor league parks where you know it's a hitters hitters league or hitters parks? Uh, he has a 105 WAR, 86 games. He plays a great center field, um, but his Here's his stat line. So he has eight bombs. That's p- pretty impressive. Uh, four stolen bases, three caught, stealing. He's only hitting 241, and his OPS is a 668. Granted, he is very young, but he was absolutely dominant, dominating the minor leagues where it's like, oh, this kid needs to be called up immediately. He's going to absolutely be, you know, he's going to be amazing. Sometimes you got to, you got to put those two in, in perspective. Uh, so I wanted to bring that up. And then we have Nolan Gorman, this kid, another Cardinals guy. 104 war, 67 games. This kid has incredible power. He has 13 home runs. He was absolutely dominating AAA as well. Let's see here, 10 doubles. And is uh, he's hitting 247 with a 789 OPS. This is a kid that I would not be shocked if he had a big game or a big series in the playoffs and his stuff goes nuts. Uh, but until then, we shall see. And this one's kind of surprising. We have a Joey Bart who's really struggling at the plate considering actually not not doing horrible, not doing great. But in a he's been one, better. He's been a lot better lately. Yeah. He also you know, hit one like 114 miles per hour the other day. Oh, did he? Or yeah. 100, 113 or something like that. I mean, he's got the potential. Obviously, he was drafted you know, very high up and – you know, highly regarded prospect, uh, but 102 WAR in 101 games. He has nine home runs, which I didn't realize. Nine doubles, two triples, and Great. 23 walks. He's hitting 236 with a 685 OPS. But I'm pretty sure he plays a pretty solid uh, behind the plate, and that's probably what helps his WAR a lot. Hey, uh, real quick, you skipped over. You skipped over. 
Jose Miranda and, you know, twins player, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But uh, real quick, I saw this tweet the other day and I went and looked up his stats. Over the last 28 days, Jose Miranda is hitting 361 with a 415 on base and a 535 slugging. Oh, no, I like – he on my list, he's number 12, so he was next. But, yeah, this kid can hit, dude. Wait, really? I, I, what? I watch – Oh, I get it because you are you – do, you don't have it sorted the same way I do. Yeah, maybe not. This kid – you're right, dude. This kid can hit. He – I pick him – um, I picked him up in my fantasy league. This kid is – he's going to be solid for a while, but he just plays first base where it's – and the twin where it's not as much fun. But um, yeah, Have you gone through the top ten? Top 10, what? Just names. Have you gone through 10? Yeah, Jose Miranda was number 12 for me. All right, nice. Um, oh, wait, he's number 12 for me, too. Uh, do you have it sorted by war? Yeah. Oh. I'm, Joey Wolf 11, right? Yeah, I, I'm blind, I guess. <laughs> um, I would say let's pick and choose a few more guys because uh, yeah. we can't obviously go go through – all of the guys that have been valuable this year. Yeah. Or maybe just go through all the guys that are above one win above replacement. For sure. I skipped over Emmanuel Rivera. Uh, Christopher Morale. He he's got the traded. Other... You know that? What's that? He got traded from the Diamondbacks to the – or from the Royals to the Diamondbacks. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yep. He debuted last year. Um, but Christopher Morale, he's the exciting young kid from uh, – with the Cubs – that got called up earlier this year. 102 war, 11 home runs, hitting 255, 778 OPS. Excuse me, Vinny uh, Pasquatino. He's That's a really fun one. This kid can hit, man. Like he plays for the Royals, which is really boring, but this kid can hit. He has a one, one war because he plays first, uh, 44 games, has eight bombs. Six doubles, 19 walks, hitting 275 with an 820 OPS. This kid is only going to get better. I, I really like that kid. That kid's going to be a solid player for him. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, is there any other players you wanted to highlight? There's so many on here that are. That are um, yeah, real quick, just one last guy, <clears throat> Seiya Suzuki. Also, one war. Uh, number one, it's his birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Suzuki. Well, happy birthday, turning 28. He uh, He's only uh, two months older than me. That's kind of wild. Um, but uh, he also is only hitting with a 536 OPS in the last 28 day, day, days. I almost said dies. Days. And uh, just one of those crazy things where when he started the year and he was hitting – he was hitting um, the fastball really well, and he was not t- not swinging out of pitches outside the zone. Is like, dude, this guy actually has what it takes. And then you fast forward, and uh, turns out I was deceived. He does not have what it takes. Yeah, it's tricky with those guys. Yeah. So I overreacted to a month or like a three week sample. I'm sorry, everyone. But I, I don't think there's too many other names on here. Um, I mean, like Geraldo Perdomo, that's a kid I like. Would love to see him uh, get to some more power at some point. I don't think it's ever going to happen. 
Oscar Gonzalez, you brought him up before the thing. He's doing really well for the Guardians. Um, I have a couple mojos of him lying around somewhere. Uh, so that's cool. Juan Yepes, <coughs> nice to see him slowing down a little bit. Cardinals. Um, Von Grissom. Eight in games. Eight games. In eight games. Von Grissom has been worth as much as Juan Yepes has been worth in 62 games. Dude, it's incredible what Vong I, – I honestly had no idea he was going to – I mean, it's only eight games, but my goodness, against Max Scherzer last night. In eight games, he's been worth double what Bobby Witt's been worth on the year. Woof. So, and, and you know, there's other names in here. The na- the list is peppered with former top 100 guys. Um, Von Grissom, obviously. Uh, Sam Huff. Right, Bryson Stott is on here uh, mm-hmm. with 0.5 win above replacement. Ezekiel Duran 0.4, Josh Lowe 0.4 win above replacement. Um, Tyler Freeman 0.3, MJ Melendez 0.3, Bobby Witt 0.3, JJ Day 0.2 in 25 games. Um, Stone Garrett just got called up; he's already been worth 0.2 in one game. Um, <clears throat> looks like he had two doubles, <clears throat> so that's impressive. Nolan Jones 0.2 in 27 games. Um, Iover Peguero only played the one game. CJ Abrams, 0.1 in 49 games. So uh, there's uh, there's some big name. Riley Green, 0.1 in 54 games. I don't blame him, though. That's a lot of the rest of the team is, is booty. So Riley yeah. Green's still a stud, and I stand by that. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably all the, uh, all the names. Yeah, I thought that was fun to go through, and um, yeah, it's just fun to to see all that. I, I think this year has been a lot of fun because a lot of these they're they're giving a lot of young kids a chance, which I don't know if this is normal with this amount of names, but I love it, man. I I love the fresh blood coming into the league and making things exciting because the rookies make it make it fun, man. They do, they really do. It's it's. The Mariners went from kind of a boring team to must-watch TV with one dude. Yep. The Royals went from a boring team to must-watch TV with one dude. Yeah, we know. So the, the rookies rookies do make it super, super, super exciting, um, and it's 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 fun to see these guys come up and actually perform. It's not yeah. fun to see them come up and not perform. Yeah, you, you are right. It's it is tough, but one thing I did want to bring, I just I just thought of this. So. You know, we have a lot of people getting called up. Like Brett Beatty was kind of a shock getting called up and stuff like that. I think, and I was thinking, I was like, okay, who do I think will be next to be called up and have, you know, an impact or, or do well? Sal Free, like I hope. I mean, any, I think any three of those center uh, outfielders in AAA for, for the Brewers. But then I was like, dude, Spencer Steer, this kid's actually has been absolutely dominating for the Reds. I just, I hate how there's no protection for him when he does get called up, where I always hesitate on kids like that. Well, I got Jonathan India. True. But it's who like, doesn't have any protection right now. So, like, they both get a little bit of protection, right? Yeah. So, he's one that, that I, like, just keep an eye on, especially playing at Great American Ballpark. And then, because I, I have a feeling they'll call him up because he's an older kid. He's 20, I'm pretty sure he's 24 in AAA, that I think they'll give him uh, a run in September. And then also, Josh Jun, who I know we, we've both been high on, uh, 
before the season, but he had an issue with his shoulder. He is back. And, dude, this kid can hit. I'm telling you. This kid's only – any. he's only – he's been hitting since college. He's been hitting his entire life in my yeah, was the third pick, fifth pick? I think he was like the eighth. Eighth pick? Something like that. He was the top ten pick. Yeah. <laughs> that much I can guarantee. But this dude can hit. He's healthy. I don't know if they'll call him up this year because he's been out most of the year, but I wouldn't be shocked in September to give him a chance. So keep an eye on him. He's relatively cheap. The, um, the Rangers those- did just get rid of their president of baseball operations, John Daniels, yesterday. Fired him. Um, Chris Young, I believe the former outfielder, Chris Young, is now yeah. their GM. I could be wrong on that. It might just be another dude named Chris Young, but I thought – I thought – um that it was the same guy. Let me let me look this up. Not yeah. the same guy. Wait, wait, no, that might be John Daniels. Uh, not, not, not the same guy. Disappointing. I was really hoping. Wait, oh, is it the? Oh, is it the pitcher, Chris Young? Oh, the tall guy, six dude. He's I'm pretty sure he went to like Princeton or Yale or something. I remember meeting him quite a bit when I for some when reason I, was, I always thought it was the outfielder, but I think it's the pitcher. Yeah, you should see his feet. He's got crazy feet. <laughs> I will pass. <laughs> he's really with, tall. With well, yeah, he's like six ten. Um, okay, so the the pitcher, Chris Young. Interesting. More so than the outfielder, Chris Young. In my mind, I always assumed it was the outfielder because I kind of forgot about the pitcher, Chris Young. Yeah, he was um, So, yeah, so the Rangers, <coughs> they're, they're now, their GM has now been elevated to take on all those responsibilities as John Daniels has been fired. So we'll see if that messes with anything with calling up prospects or whatnot. But um, I think it's kind of a, a kind of a unfair of them to fire John Daniels. Like you signed Corey Seager and you signed, um, uh, Simeon, uh, Marcus Simeon, but like they still weren't that good of a team. I thought it was a nice building block to go into like next year with some young pitching coming up and Josh yeah. Jung, but to fire him for this year, like what were you expecting? I think it's cause they got a new stadium. You know, they, they just try and do things to keep it exciting to sell tickets because they got, they got to pay for that stadium. Uh, I've seen that happen. But keep an eye on Josh Jones. That kid can hit. I've been excited for him for a while. He is one that could come up. And in, in, in here's another thing. We're coming to the beginning of September. Get ready to see a ton of call-ups in September. So if there's certain players you think that are friends that you like, get them while you can because in September they will be most likely called up. Yeah. And if they do well, if somebody like Sal Freela comes up and hits a bomb, Exactly. Price is going up. All right, Jimbo, with that, we are going to end off today's episode. Um, thank you for joining. I had a wonderful time talking today. Love talking prospects. Love talking rookies. Uh, and even Nick Forte. Or Fortez. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, so, with that, remember, everyone, SGC grading. If you want to get your grades cards graded cheap, slabstocks.com slash grading. And also... Remember, Luis Verdugo, Andy Rodriguez, Edgar Cuero, all studs. All right, Jimbo, thank you for joining today, 
And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you guys again next time. See you, everyone.